Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Monday, November 22nd. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. St. Louis recorded a near-record number of homicides last year, but the police department is not revealing which ones have been solved. The police department is supposed to be serving the public, and part of serving the public is also providing transparency. In just a few minutes, St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman will have more on the department's lack of transparency and a new lawsuit over its refusal to release information. At least one dozen school systems in the region are starting their Thanksgiving break today. As St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grumke reports, the longer holiday period comes after months of high-stress pandemic learning. More than 70,000 students have an extended Thanksgiving break this year in the St. Louis region, from East St. Louis to Orchard Farm in St. Charles. Districts are hoping the days off will give students and staff time to de-stress. But University City Superintendent Sharonica Hardin-Bartley says she struggled with the decision because this school year she was hoping to provide normalcy in how school operates. Parents need that. They need that consistency for work. Um, There's child care that they're navigating. And when we are not in school, those are stressors that we're adding to our families. So that's why it was difficult. Some districts are working with faith-based organizations to provide child care. I'm Kate Grumke, St. Louis Public Radio. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker's top education deputies want to turn down the pressure on the state's current high-stakes test regimen in public schools. State Superintendent Carmen Ayala says schools would have to administer shorter standardized tests three times per year to achieve that goal. Ayala says Illinois' current testing system is not yielding good results for students and teachers in classrooms or school administrators who rely on the information to focus on improvement. It's too long. It's too stressful for our students, and it does not give the data that we need until months later. Ayala says some affluent school districts are already spending money to administer more frequent testing with quicker feedback. Municipalities in Ameren, Missouri, are expanding the availability of electric vehicle charging stations throughout the state. St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis reports. Ameren, Missouri, plans to distribute $5 million in incentives to encourage business owners to invest in electric vehicle charging stations. The company will reimburse businesses up to half of the cost of installing chargers. Brentwood Mayor David Dimmitt says the city has installed electric charging units outside of its recreation center earlier this year. He says Brentwood may require new homes to include wiring for electric vehicle charging stations. The more EV charging stations that we can get that's going to assuage that concern of these end users and hopefully will thereby encourage them to go out and make that transition. Missouri is expected to receive $99 million to build electric vehicle charging stations from the infrastructure bill passed by Congress. I'm Chad Davis, St. Louis Public Radio. The St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department is being sued for refusing to provide public records. That lawsuit was filed yesterday. It seeks data that would help APM Reports and St. Louis Public Radio determine how good the department is at solving homicides. The two media outlets are not the only ones struggling to get answers from an increasingly secretive department. In collaboration with APM Reports, St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Littman explores the impact of the department's bunker mentality. 
Erica Jones remembers her oldest daughter, Whitney Brown, as a giver. She was just one of those genuine, lovable type of kids that she would help anybody out. She was just, I mean, just my ray of sun. In the summer of 2015, Whitney seemed poised for success. She was taking nursing classes, working two jobs, and raising her five-year-old son. So everything was just like a turning point, and then I felt like I was hit by a truck. On August 13th, 2015, Whitney was killed in a drive-by shooting in the Walnut Park West neighborhood. She was 24. No one has been arrested for her death. Every month, Jones calls the detectives assigned to her daughter's case, looking for updates. For six years, she says, the response has been the same. He's on vacation, family member's sick, he's not here, he's in the field, we'll call you back. Just excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse. The department said in a written statement that its detectives are expected to respond to family members in a, quote, timely fashion. But several families said that isn't always the case. Whitney Brown's killing points to overlapping issues within the police department. Among large cities, St. Louis has the highest homicide rate in the nation. But its clearance rate, which is the number of killings solved versus total homicides in a year, is well below the national average. Getting more people to cooperate would help detectives make more arrests, says Michigan State University criminologist David Carter. He advises police departments on ways they can solve more homicides. Cities that have low clearance rates have poor relationships with the community, and high clearance rates have got good relationships. But, Carter adds, transparency is critical to community support. And at a time when many police departments across the country are taking steps to be more transparent, the SLMPD has gone in the opposite direction. Rachel Smith watched it happen from the circuit attorney's office, where she spent 27 years. She says the department got more secretive after the 2014 police shooting of Michael Brown. When you're worried about your reputation in the community and you don't know where to turn, one of the easiest things to do is to guard closely things that can be manipulated and used against you. Smith prosecuted hundreds of homicide cases before she left the circuit attorney's office last year to start her own firm. She says every murder conviction required witness participation. When it comes to solving homicides, getting people to tell police what they know is a critical first step. But some families say the department is not using the information they provide. 27 On March 5, 2018, police were called to an industrial area north of Interstate 70. There they found the body of 26-year-old Mario Fox. He'd been shot to death. No one's been arrested for his killing, something that was true for about half of the 186 homicides that year. From the beginning, Mario's mother, Monthony Miller-Jones, was eager to help the SLMPD find the people who murdered her son. But she says the department never took her tips seriously, whether she called or sent them by email. I don't think they're doing enough. I don't think they care. I've given him over 20 witnesses. And still, after all of that and the phone records, it's like it's not enough. We were curious how the department responded to Miller-Jones' emails, so we asked for a copy. All we got were two pages of black ink. The department redacted everything, saying the emails were investigative records that couldn't be made public. It was not the only time the department withheld information. St. Louis Public Radio and APM Reports wanted to know more about which homicides the department was solving. So we asked for basic details, like the victim's name and race, where the crime was committed, and whether an arrest had been made. 
The department said it keeps a database that includes whether a case has been cleared, but it called clearance status a closed record and refused to release that information. It's a stance Lisa Hoppenjans finds troubling. She's the director of the First Amendment Clinic at the Washington University School of Law and is representing APM Reports in its lawsuit. The police department is supposed to be serving the public, and part of serving the public is also providing transparency. After the first denial, Hoppenjan sent a letter to the department asking them to reconsider. The department again refused, citing Sunshine Law exemptions for investigative records. That's ludicrous. Stephen Rich is the data editor at The Washington Post. It's the basic information about the case. Is it still open or not? Like, that's a question that they should be able to answer and is not exempted by any open records law in any state that I can think of. Rich would know. Back in 2017, he requested homicide data from 50 police departments across the country, including St. Louis. The SLMPD shared the information with the newspaper and then provided the Washington Post with a newer version of the data set the next year. St. Louis Public Radio and APM Reports wanted to update those findings. So earlier this year, we filed an almost identical request, just asking for more current data. The department is refusing to release the data, so we're filing suit. Police Chief John Hayden declined to be interviewed, instead deferring to Interim Public Safety Director Dan Isom. Isom says he doesn't know why the department hasn't provided the data. I mean, maybe it's a different legal interpretation. Obviously it is, um, but um, I can't answer that. Elected officials charged with overseeing the department are also unhappy with the lack of transparency. Madam Clerk, would you please call the roll? Alderman Jeffrey Boyd serves on the city's Public Safety Committee, which is tasked with reviewing policies that impact the police department. He represents some of St. Louis's highest crime neighborhoods and says the department makes oversight difficult. Boyd says officials have dodged questions about everything, from the number of police districts to the size of the department's command staff. I often question whether the police department was fully transparent in information that they gave. Um, there was always a way to disguise some of the hard questions. And for the sake of public safety, I always just supported that. The department's public information office said Isom, Hayden, and other public safety officials are always made available to update aldermen. For Boyd, asking about how the department is run isn't just a political responsibility. It's personal. Police are still searching for who killed his 23-year-old nephew in 2015. Boyd has had to step in when family members can't reach the detectives. It's not like the detectives are just trying not to call back, but just imagine if we had 200 homicides that year, how many family members are calling to try to get an update on what's going on? Most families in St. Louis don't have political connections. Instead, they're left waiting and wondering when, or if, the SLMPD will call. I'm Rachel Lipman, St. Louis Public Radio. That story was edited and produced in collaboration with APM Reports. Our Maria Altman was one of the editors involved. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway.
Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.